0: Texas
1: talking bomb oh, What was that that you said Texas talking I ah, got up side your head Texas talking Tell me who can you trust when Texas gods
2: are Texas gods love Hi this is Laura Huffman state director of the Nature Conservancy of Texas Welcome to the Texas Tribune Tribcast Today is Earth Day Did you know that most Texans believe our successful economy is a function of our incredible natural resources? Well, of course you did. We love our beautiful state, and we care about conservation because we know that that's what guarantees our future, and everything counts. Hey, look, over at the Trib, they're busy recycling one-liners. So why don't you get outside and show Texas some love today? Take a selfie. Post it on your Twitter account with the hashtag NatureSelfie. Now, here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here with the TribCast for the fourth week of April. I'm joined by CEO and Editor-in-Chief Evan Smith. Hello. Executive Editor Ross Ramsey. Howdy. And political reporter Jay Root.
3: Recycled one-liners? Ouch.
2: Yeah, I know. That was kind of a low blow.
0: She hasn't listened to the TripCast. If you you have any one-liners that have not been recycled, (laughs)
2: send them to. (laughs) Yeah, TripCast at. I'll save that one for the end. Uh, All right, so this week we see that Dan Patrick's advisory board has sent out a letter calling the legislature's pre-K plan uh, godless, among other things. Socialist, godless, there was a whole line. Uh, Jay, tell us a little bit about this letter and about what's up here. Well, it's not the
0: legislature's pre-K plan. It's Greg Abbott's pre-K plan.
2: Okay, it's Greg Abbott's endorsed pre-K plan that has been filed by members of the legislature. I,
0: I, I think attacking the legislature, that's, you know, nothing to see here, keep walking, but Patrick attacking Abbott or Patrick's right. people it's attacking right. Abbott's plan, to be that's, clear, that's more Patrick news. Attacking. Well, the, you know, well this, is it or isn't it? Let Jay, I'm well, this Patrick
3: versus Abbott narrative, or maybe it's a Patrick and Abbott narrative, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, we we obviously had a lot of tension between And and we have tension now between Patrick and Strauss, and we had tension between Dewhurst and Strauss, and we had tension between Dewhurst and Tom Craddock when Tom Craddock was the Speaker. But this idea of a governor, you know, I don't remember a Dewhurst versus Perry sort of narrative. I mean, they really didn't do that out in the open. This is sort of, this is really spilling out in the open now. We've got two very ambitious. Republicans at the top of the ticket, at the top of, of power here, and they're, they're sort of subtly taking jabs at each other. Um, okay, and, but and, does
2: Patrick believe this? I mean, does Patrick believe that pre-K is godless?
3: Well, we got we got two. We, we don't really know. He hasn't said so much what he thinks about the contents of the letter. All he, all he said was that I didn't, I didn't know about didn't it know and about you know it. didn't approve of it or not approve of it or whatever. He didn't really you say. You know what? what
1: it's though. your grassroots yeah, advice right. Right. You, I mean, you, you give these guys. You, you you get your posse together. You give them badges. You put them on horses, and you're responsible for what they do for when they get uh, on the, the hill.
0: Their right. version of law enforcement is,
3: is your law enforcement. But is this right. a is
1: this a good thing for Patrick
3: or a bad thing I, for Patrick? I think he
0: wanted to wrap himself. He wanted. He wanted to wrap himself in the warm embrace of Joanne Fleming and Julia McCarty. These are the Tea and, Party and folks tea party who party signed off on this letter. Who, who are among those on his board because he doesn't want anybody to get to the right of him on any issue or in a future election. So he assembles this advisory board. And really, people thought it was the business advisory board that was going to well, go hinky on give, them. Give there,
2: them time. Yeah, there are, <laughs> and there are a couple of these different boards. But, this one is on sort of the grassroots social But the, you know, the, social the point issues. of this is,
0: if, as Ross says, if you enable these folks to have a seat at the table, they're going to sit in it. Right. And that's what they've done. And, you know, the tension between Abbott and Patrick, which you indicate, has been sort of rumored. It's kind of like between the Austin Club and Starbucks attempting Congress. It's like that it's talk on that yeah. one block is kind of out in the open. I was interested to hear you say there was no tension between Dewhurst and Perry. Well, the reason there was no tension between Dewhurst and Perry, I will say respectfully, is because we were living in an era of a weak lieutenant governor state. Well, a strong governor, yeah. Dewhurst was not Patrick, and Perry was not Abbott. Well, that's true. I, the, the, the relationship
3: that, was that's much more defined is, by the principles, right. I think. This is all new, and I think that there's a, a pretty decent chance of some high drama at the end of the session, because Thank of goodness. this. Thank goodness. I mean, it, it, the seeds are being planted right now. It, it really could all kind of blow what, up. Whatever I mean, it
0: is, it ain't a kumbaya promote, session. A fight promoter That's instincts it. are coming yeah. out. Yes, yeah. my fight
2: promoter instincts say, you know, that that this is a, a good move for Dan Patrick among his base, you know, potentially setting himself up for some kind of gubernatorial bid, you know, really mobilizing the people who. I mean, he didn't exactly come out and apologize for this, he didn't come out and say, I right. disagree. He
0: didn't slap anybody's hands over it.
2: Right, you know, and, and he created this panel. He knew what he was doing, putting did, them there. Did you
0: see, by the way, Eric Burst's tweet yesterday? Oh, my gosh, yes. Eric no, Bursa's tweet was based on the number of misspellings in the grassroots advisory <laughs> they boards. Could they could have used a little pre They could have used a little pre Yeah. That's nice. Um, yeah. Ross, though, this, this, this actually dovetails with another thing. So uh, Jay alluded to Patrick versus Abbott. He also alluded to Patrick versus Strauss. Right. Well, you have a column today that talks about the House and the Senate essentially as ships passing in the night
1: well you know the house and the senate always the
0: tension is manifesting mm -hmm. itself
1: in that way the house and the senate is always a testy relationship and and it's testy in different ways every session you know there's this great sam rayburn line he was the speaker of the texas house and then speaker of the u.s house in a democratic time and he and he was quoted once famously saying you know the the republicans are the opposition the senate is the enemy and and that's what's going on here. So what they're doing with these bills is the Senate is passing bills and sending them to the House. The House is passing companion bills and sending them to the Senate. But you can't pass a bill if it doesn't have the same number. So if I send my version and you send your version, we really haven't done anything. It's a standoff. It's a standoff. And they've done it on some fairly large issues. And... You know, It's one of those things where you look at them and you say, are you incompetent or are you doing this on purpose? And you but, know, They're doing it on purpose. But there's, something,
3: there's something more than Most the sort of chamber tension, which, as you noted, happens every session. It's And it happens in Congress. It happens any time you have a bicameral situation. But what we have added to it this time is that this real tension between the moderates and the conservatives, right. and it's really spilling out now in Texas in a way that it's that was kept under wraps with Perry, and as you pointed out, Evan, you know Dewhurst is not Patrick, and Perry was able to keep all of this under wraps, and, and, and it never really spilled out the way it's spilling out now. And the question is, what's Abbott going to do about well, it? Right He's it the it, governor. It
1: ultimately spills onto the governor's desk. You sort right. of see everybody clamoring for attention. We've talked about this before. Abbott got all the way through his primaries, without really declaring sides in the Republican versus Republican stuff. And the legislature, you know, I mean, this is a little bit kind of their nature. They're all pushing from their various sides to see where he lands. And he's trying, as he did on the tax thing, trying very hard not to land. You know, so the House is for uh, sales taxes. The Senate's for property taxes. Greg Abbott likes the business tax that both of them like. I mean, you know, just avoid the fight. And his response
0: to the property and, and, and sales tax fight has been largely to shrug. And to say y'all work it you out, I'll sign whatever out. comes right. to my desk. And as we visited earlier about this, Jay, the Pat, the Patrick approach to this has been to essentially say, Greg Abbott is with me, and to look past so, yeah, the shoulder, development, to so so just line, pretend
3: right? that the d- right. development didn't happen. Like you know, the the very same day that he said, I agree with governor abbott on property tax cuts well you know a couple that was in response to abbott actually saying sort of the not the opposite but basically saying i'll take it either way
0: well right right. and and what we're talking about specifically was that abbott had said previously and has said subsequently I will veto a budget that does not have a business tax cut. He has not said expressly, I will veto a budget but, that doesn't have a property
1: tax cut. But what he's property, spoken but, favorably about property tax cuts. But what, ab- but what Patrick said was that I will not send the governor a budget that does not have property tax in it. So he's right.
0: basically drawing a line against the
1: Bonin plan. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder but if somebody... their shoulders touch on pre-K.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Well, speaking of Bonin, I mean, there was another one of these sort of emblematic fights this week that's going on is between Bonin and Patrick, Dennis Bonin in the House, who has not had very very friendly words. Chair of Ways and Patrick. Means. Chair of Ways and Means. The conversation is around border security. What's, what's the lay of the land there, and where is Abbott going to come down on this skirmish?
1: The House passed a bill. The Senate passed a bill. they are different bills. Right. So, so this, you know, I think this probably started in the House. The Senate passed a handgun bill, an open carry bill, about a month ago, and sent it to the House. It hasn't been referred to committee yet. The House runs with its own handgun bill on Monday, um, and... Um, ignores the Senate bill and sends it over to the Senate. Uh, The Senate saw this coming because the House has to post its agenda, its calendar in advance. So while the House was doing that, the Senate said, okay, we'll take our own border security bill instead of taking yours. The author of the border security bill in the House is Dennis Bonnen, who's also, in this case, I think probably readable as the surrogate for Joe Strauss, who never really says a harsh word out loud. So um, Bonnen's the guy throwing rocks at Patrick, on behalf of the House, through the border security bill, and it looks like you know handguns, handguns. Yeah.
2: He seems to relish the rock throwing. Yeah,
1: he does, and and you know, uh, there's a faction in the House that that you know wants to sort of meet the Senate head on and, you know, let's let's go fight. Mm-hmm. But, where, but where is Abbott
0: to the question that was asked? Is right. Abbott going I to be satisfied with the smaller allocation
1: I, or appropriation I the think security. Abbott's waiting to see what the legislature produces. Okay, I, so and I think, no, this is what's frustrating about good
2: for Abbott or bad for Abbott? I think it's, it's probably Texas good for him. Or why for
1: why Texas? engage in a fight? Let them fight it out and see what you think of the result. If you don't
2: engage in a fight, you can just take credit for the victory. Right. You know, this is what I wanted in the beginning. Two
1: kids and one bicycle what do
3: you do i mean you know somebody's going to have to get the bicycle first or somebody's going to have to get it in the other one don't isn't. cut the bicycle in half i mean right. you know you just learn to ride right a yeah. unicycle <laughs> <Yeah>,
2: somebody's
1: <right. laughs>
3: going to have to there, there's going to be winners and losers at some point and uh, you yeah. know all right but l- l- let, me, make let me choices they get a bike let, at the end right? Right? let, me, know, let, let me
0: offer a counter view of a, ca- a contrary to this counter counter to this which is passivity is not a strategy and there are people who are looking to the to the to the governor To uh, weigh in and to say grace over one side or another or to at least mediate the dispute to give an indication of his point of view. And in the absence of that, I get your point about if he waits and it works itself out and he then gets in front of the parade as it's marching past his office, it's all good. But punches are being thrown in his direction. Yeah, but and, it's not time yet. Right. Well, but I'm just wondering where is where, at what point does Abbott punch yeah, back? Also, yeah.
2: I mean, I would argue this strategy has worked pretty darn well for Joe Strauss, who's basically said will of the house, will of the house, and has been speaker now for how many sessions? Yeah, right.
3: but being speaker when you're elected by 76 people and you have to take care of this internal Inc- dynamic, including 50
1: Democrats. I don't know. I mean, completely different from being a
3: state.
2: I'm with Ross though. Official. I don't think he's in hot water yet. Yeah, I
1: think I, I think Abbott has time, and I think you know you can you can wait and see how they go until the or third week. Away. I'm not saying he's in hot water, but if you
0: believe, I don't think it's even warm yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's in water, okay <laughs> but if you believe he's on a bike, Jay and I tend to that, there, that this tension about Patrick uh, between Pen- Patrick and Abbott is about more than 2015, that there may be something to that maybe, then the question is strategically what is the Abbott response?
3: Mm-hmm. Well you know there there's sort of two tracks here. I mean one is you know the Jim Hensons of the world, um, who say? And Puppeteers? I, you know, I, I think that he
0: has oh, a, the other Jim a, a
3: very uh, co- cogent analysis. UT politics project director has a very cogent analysis that basically says. I got th- my Jim Ensign joke. You th- may be the only one. Actually, this is good. This is good for Abbott because um, he's not going to engage at this point and, you know, you, you don't want to pick sides and something like this. It's a no-win situation. But, but under the dome, under the dome, the way this is being interpreted is in some ways that, that Patrick's really making the move and really throwing the punches and really kind of, you know, getting into Abbott's world and, and reasserting the power of the lieutenant governorship Um, And that's, you know, it's a totally different dynamic and what you hear among lobbyists and and the insiders.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that they're all speculating about the differences between Abbott and Perry, and I don't think they have an answer yet. And Mm -hmm. I think they get an answer as we end the session and you see which punches Patrick actually landed and you see, you know, where Abbott falls on, you know, which bills he's gonna sign and not sign. Right. There's there's not a moment, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a strong governor or a weak one, Mm -hmm. April is not your month during a legislative session. It's that's a time when all of this stuff's happening below you. If you weigh in, you might weigh in on the wrong side. It's easier just to wait and clo- be a closer instead of somebody involved in the middle of the fight. Right.
2: Well, we talked a couple minutes ago about uh, Dennis Bonin and throwing rocks. Let's talk for a few minutes about the member of the House who's throwing the biggest bombs right now. And that is a State Rep Jonathan, Jonathan Stickland, who's been basically at the back mic more days than not. A key uh, player or bomb thrower in the midst of the open carry debate. Um, Todd, I'd like you to play for us a little sound we have from that debate, if you don't mind.
0: Will you honestly work with me? Will you you give my bill a hearing in your committee so that we can have that discussion? You know that I am going to support your bill today because it's an advancement of Second Amendment rights, but there are literally tens of thousands of people who believe we need to go to more. Will you work with me, Representative
1: Phillips? I'm not going to argue with you. Your fate was treated as how you treated members on this floor as it related to your legislation, other legislation. It's also how those that support your amendment have treated members of this House, their families, and our staff that there is no reason when there's other members who've worked hard, who try to work with each other, they have to have a chance to have their hearing. They're going to get a hearing.
0: The interesting thing about Stickland now is that his enemies are his friends and his friends are his enemies.
2: Right. It's worth noting who he's talking to. He's talking Uh, to Larry
0: Phillips,
1: chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, Republican of Sherman. Jr. quite
2: conservative.
1: Yeah. No one's idea of a liberal. But is a Strauss guy. And if you're looking at the divide in the House, there's a a Strauss guy arguing with a non-Strauss guy.
0: But he's a Strauss guy. And yet it's emblematic of the predicament that Representative Stickland now finds himself in, which is he's now turned— People who are his ideological brethren on a lot of issues against him or they've turned against him, whether he's turned them against him or not. Phillips
1: would say he's turned them against him. Um, He's kind of out on an island, and he may have passed the Senate bill. <laughs> they, got a, they got an amendment onto the House bill that uh, looks like it might have created constitutional carry in some way This is a Harold Dutton
2: amendment that basically says – is designed to make sure that police can't just stop you and, you know, and check to see if you have a license for, car- it, right. it, but for if,
1: carrying but out. And but what if Dutton said it, was he wanted to avoid profiling. Right. 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 But if Stickland has been – kind
2: of like if, sanctuary cities if for guns. <laughs> has been effective guns.
0: in this case or any other case, it has been sadly inadvertent. Right, because it's not. I don't know.
2: He might. He was doing some wink, wink, nod, nod he's stuff ma- on he's made social him, media. He's this made morning. himself
0: um, basically a, a lone wolf.
2: So how does he right. compare to somebody like uh, David Simpson, you know, from last session, who was really sort of the one who was always at the back? Or from
1: mic. this session, for that matter. Yeah,
2: I mean, right. I mean, there have been. There's always
1: there. a mad bomber, right? I mean, there's always somebody in the House I'm, who is coming from the minority and starts this way and sometimes they become effective over a long period and sometimes they don't. you know, um, everybody in the Republican side used to wince whenever Jim Dunham went to the back mic. They used to wince when T when um, Trey Martinez Fisher went to the back mic. I think Stickland and probably in his own mind is looking at those as models and saying, look, this is the way to... Fight from a minority position, and and you know sort
3: of becoming Leo Berman. Though do you remember Leo? Well, right, Berman? and this is I mean, so. This is the other side of the gadfly. coin. Some
1: of them become a gadfly without becoming effective. Leo Berman.
2: I mean, is that what you'd argue is happening in this case?
3: Uh, you know, it, uh, you'd have to, I guess, see it over the long haul, but... Um, he I mean, he I, does I,
0: seem to be in a lot of fights this session with his own side. But, with but, but I mean, party. that yeah. side,
3: what have they gotten in the House? I mean, they, they got eight, eight. The, well, the the, the the people who say no to almost everything that Joe Strauss wants. Well, they, they started, got they started votes off with get, 19 and now they went, ended up with eight on the budget, right? And their numbers are much right? lower.
0: You know, remember, Stickland said it, uh, Representative Stickland said at the beginning of the session, or the... Beginning of the election cycle, I'm coming back and bringing friends. And as I sit here now in April looking at his work over right. the, of the, the session, friends? he's coming back and losing friends. Right? He, he has fewer of his confreres around him when he's out there uh, uh, at the end of the plank on this stuff. That's not to denigrate Representative Stickland, it's just to acknowledge the, the simple fact that he's not building a coalition. Doesn't or have any numbers coalition.
1: Well, and he's not. You know, the the question is going to be, you know, the question between whether you turn into a T.M.F. or into a Leo Berman is, did you change the game, and and did you change, you know, was the output different because you were there, and did you did you change the argument? And I don't see him changing the argument here.
3: But I think it's very interesting that this sort of unapologetic conservatism has really it hasn't taken off at all in the house in the senate well um, uh, but but, uh, you know like i mean even among the people who would consider themselves part of that movement which you know ted cruz would be kind of the national hero of but it's like going nowhere even among very conservative members in the house and in the senate you know i mean you've got estes and l type that are sort of teaming up together along with the democrats to potentially block things like in-state to tui- a ban on in-state tuition for undocumented immigrants is
0: just going to be a no vote on in-state
3: i don't know i mean you, you have some uh, pe- reason to think that well people have 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 yeah he's been there's one speculation. of the he's been,
1: he's been speculation. one of the stalls you know so right um, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like some of these guys got all of the style points from Ted Cruz without any of the content points. And, and and you know, some of the content stuff yeah, is cool. winning. And there's some people in the – there's some members of the House who are really, 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 really conservative and also polite and also, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and, but you know and, what? And, and, aren't necessarily, and aren't necessarily just trying to blow things up. You know, Stickland walked into the budget thing saying, oh, we're going to make a big mess. We're going to have a big fight. And it's like – They
0: didn't, but you know. But Jay makes interesting the difference in how very interesting point. You know, Molly White, Tony Tinderholt, Jonathan Stickland. If you put them in the Senate, they're Connie Burton, Don Huffine's Bob Hall. I mean, they're they're sort of they they get into the Senate, and that brand of conservatism and that approach to playing is not seen as they're not rolling grenades in the Senate. Well, (laughs) they're not. Not like Connie this. Burton. Uh, Connie Burton voted against the voucher bill, the scholarship bill. It didn't, it go, didn't far go far enough. enough. She
1: yeah. didn't stand on her microphone and question right. the motives of the chair and of the other members. And
0: so you, th- you think that, the, di- that the, the the difference is not a difference of it's a chamber s- it's style, style, it's
2: mm-hmm. style. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting to me. You know, folks who think they're sort of emblematic of a of a Ted Cruz, you know, of a Ted Cruz lighter, of a Ted Cruz Jr. Yet Ted Cruz is the sort of you know protege of Greg Abbott. I mean, do you think that Dan Patrick sees himself to be a Ted Cruz type character?
0: Are you asserting that Ted Cruz is a protege of Greg Abbott because of the resume line, or do because you actually believe stylistically it. that Greg that, that that Ted Cruz appears to have learned? Because I actually think stylistically, stylistically they seem they're, quite Stylistically, they're
2: they're so different. different except me. that except that Cruz has held Abbott up as being like you know his mentor. But
0: but Abbott
3: you know is is really trying to keep this all together and, and you know and sort of be Joe Strauss and Dan Patrick together in one person. And at some point they're going to split apart. I mean it just. Has to.
1: Well, and the, the dissonance here for, for Patrick, you know, and sort of the road ahead for Patrick, if, in fact, he's going to challenge Greg Abbott, is he's got to figure out where the daylight is between the Greg Abbott's of the world and the Ted Cruz's of the world. Cruz is a great defense against Patrick for Abbott. Yeah, but
3: I, th- I think, Patrick, to sort of get to your issue, Emily, Patrick is closer to Ted Cruz sort of at least philosophically and the way— And
2: stylistically. Yeah, and
3: stylistically, even though they obviously have sort of a, have had a famous falling out— mm. Um, than anybody else, Mm -hmm. really.
2: Well, we were talking about uh, David Simpson a couple minutes ago, and he played a pretty key role in a debate uh, on the House floor this week around the Public Integrity Unit, which is basically the state's corruption-busting unit currently housed in the Travis County District Attorney's Office, which Republicans really hate because it's in liberal Travis County. Um, Jade, tell us a little bit about what the efforts are to move that Public Integrity Unit and, and what the fight looked like on the House floor.
3: I love covering ethics. You know, there there are two things uh, that happen. Liberty loves well. There are two things that happen under the Capitol Dome that are like no other. One is redistricting, and I remember when the House redrew their districts last time in 2011. They got through their prayer in like 10 seconds and were like, "Bring out the maps." The other issue that I like to cover and that operates like this is ethics, because in both cases, it's about them and they care about it in a way that they don't care about anything else. And this debate, you know, the way it played out on the floor, you know, you you had the Democrat, mainly the Democrats, but also David Simpson just pleading and almost shouting saying, don't do this because we're creating a special privi- privileged class. And and they they really are. There's no other way to describe he, it. He
2: seemed pissed. Oh, yeah.
3: Didn't he? He, I mean, he, he did.
2: He, say what you will about his stances in the legislature. He is one of the most predictably principled guys in there. I he's mean, consistent. He, he is so consistent. You know, you see a lot of legislators who go back and forth on particular issues. They feel different ways about different things. David Simpson is a, you know, purely, you know, get government out of my life. I mean, he's the one who basically believes that you know the bible protects you know pot use for, for lack right, of a like, better term when i saw right. david
0: simpson get up to the front mic on 420 i was a little disappointed to learn <laughs> no. that we were talking about the public integrity
1: in <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: but but basically what they've done is uh they they've they've written these bills both in the house and the senate the senate is is, is way more far reaching than the house version but basically if you are a politician a statewide elected official, a high court judge, or a major bureaucrat—you get a different type of prosecution, prosecution for corruption than anyone else would.
2: Meaning, you get prosecuted. You get to be prosecuted in your home community, you know, versus being prosecuted. Right, in
3: and this the Senate version uh, basically uh, allows you to pick where you want to be. Um, yeah, it's prosecuted. a forum, It's a
1: forum shopping bill. You get to go to where you think you're going to get the cleanest easiest prosecutor
3: right and at one point Joan Huffman the author of the Senate bill
1: and a former judge right was
3: being questioned by Kirk Watson um, and it was really interesting because she said you know do you really think that somebody's going to move in order to get a better prosecution, and I was thinking, you know, if I'm facing five to ten, yes. the prospect of like getting Heck a double yeah. wide in Erath County or something, all of a sudden looks well, pretty don't, good. Don't push it, <laughs> you
1: know. I, maybe uh, maybe, uh, maybe it will just be a single one.
0: <laughs> I've seen enough episodes of Law and Order to know that this whole venue shopping thing is a thing. I mean, people do care about
1: where these You know, We were against it when we were doing tort reform. It was one of the big tort reform right. goals stop yeah. the trial lawyers from
3: venue shopping. But, I mean, now you, now you, we want
1: politicians you, to be you, able to venue you, shop. Right,
3: you hire Dick DeGarren, and then you go pick some county that doesn't have any money, it's got a horrible prosecutor, and no staff, and, you know.
2: Or worse, a county where you have, you know, great relationships with all these guys, and they contribute to your campaigns, and, you know. But think Can about I, the
3: optics of this. Think good, about the at, optics yeah. of this. Yeah, the optics
2: of it for whom? (laughs) May we observe, as we seem to do
0: every week, more in sadness than anger, if only anybody in Texas gave a shit, if anybody gave a shit about this stuff. We're going to have to bleep that out No, you're not. Well, well,
3: it's it's true that there is a stunning, stunning lack of of attention to these things you know if, if and they know it one little blip in washington one little blip in washington and you know we're all over it and everybody
1: is outraged you know uh but well yes and no i mean jack abramoff's hijinks didn't exactly reform the lobby business in washington no and well, now that's that's he's out point. Point. I mean, you know you just sort of let it point. <laughs> you sort of Speech let it go by it. you know yeah, yeah he's out uh, making speeches and yeah. you know i i well, he did get prosecuted. They're gonna they're gonna move this thing, you know, and and you know you can make I I think some pretty decent arguments for moving this out of Travis County. The problem is that and and Phil Kings talked about this a little bit. Every single idea for moving it has its own problems. If you put it in the Texas Rangers, then it's in DPS. Well, three of the contract things that the Travis County DA was looking at a couple of years ago involved the Department of Public Safety. So are you going to hand that to the Texas Rangers? If you move it out to Mm -hmm. all of these DAs all over Texas, you've suddenly got politically ambitious prosecutors with the ability to prosecute ethics violations against the people they'd like to run against. Oklahoma just went the other way. Used to be all the counties in Oklahoma could prosecute state officials, and the state of Oklahoma said, this is crazy, we ought to consolidate it, and they put it in Oklahoma County. Well,
2: we've been so. talking about, you know, when Abbott basically puts his, you know, finger on the scale here. Like, what what's there are other ethics bills. He's basically made ethics reform, you know, a, a serious priority, yet the measures that are moving so far seem to have been quite watered down right
1: speeches much anymore right
2: (laughs) right
0: that was an emergency item yeah well Well, he he said let's dedicate this
3: session to ethics reform but the the things that are on the fast track right now in the legislature that are moving with the the clip of what looks like an emergency to the legislators is actually these carve outs that help them and the things that are getting watered down and going on the slow path is the reform I mean, this is like ethics deform right
1: now. Is there I mean, any really opportunity really for Abbott See, that, to claim- section—you had this great story about this section that came out of the Van Taylor bill
2: mm-hmm.
3: that was titled— Oh, yeah, Conflicts <laughs> of Interest. Um, they, they, well, they, they actually ended up leaving that in there, but there was a move to just take that out entirely, and they did take out entirely— the section that's because this is too radical of an idea they took out the section that says if you abuse your office horribly um and you know are convicted finally convicted finally convicted after appeals, finally convicted of a terrible crime that relates to your service as a legislator, you don't get to collect your very, very lucrative pension. Mm-hmm. That was too radical. So now That's gone. So basically, That's
0: fel- felons get to collect
3: their pensions. Right. Well, and, and there, that that has happened. Is there any way for that Abbott to happen. declare it victory on well, ethics? Well, you know, this is, Credibly. One, this is one area where you really have to use the bully pulpit. If you don't have a crisis... Which a lot of people have said, and Buck Wood said to me that if you don't have a crisis, you can't fix ethics. Well, absent a crisis. And, you know, I don't think we have a crisis. We certainly have a lot of many, you know, narratives that are, are not good. But if, but this is where you'd really need to use the bully pulpit.
1: To some extent, what he means by crisis is you've got to have concentrated, focused public attention while the legislature's in town. You, right. have, to, you exactly. have to catch, a legislator,
0: yeah. have to yeah. catch right. a
1: legislator picking the pocket of a person he just murdered Or you just have to have yeah. a governor talking about it every day. Right. You know, and who then, ate who ate last night at Ruth's Chris and Vince Young Steakhouses? Right. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's a room at, at one of those steakhouses named after a legislator. I mean, these are commonplace... Deals, But, it, you know, if you end up at
3: if we get to the end of the session and they've carved out a special way of being prosecuted and they have, uh, like, for example, in the ethics bill, one of the things that they really liked was penalty free refiling of of uh, erroneous personal financial statements. They, that's in the bill. That stayed in there. So if all of that stuff that helps them stays in the bill and all of the stuff. That would restrict them or that would you know add more sunlight if all that gets stripped out then this is like really bad i think because tom's
2: uh smitty smith public citizen basically i think was quoted in your story saying this is the worst year he's seen for ethics in like the entire time he's been i mean right
3: well look we're not at the end of the session but at the time that smitty said that you know you basically and, and and even we can say right now the things that are on the fast track is is what we would not is not what we would call ethics reform it's ethics deform um and the things that, that doesn't he and and the things that the things, that would, that, the, right. the, the things that would actually be better that, that could be described as as reform are really you know they're getting watered down it's getting hacked to death it reminded me of that scene in apocalypse now when they bring the ox out you know and they just chop it up that's what they're doing to this bill they don't right. want to do anything. I
0: love right. the smell of ethics in the morning. Yeah.
2: Yes, <laughs> right. If you would like to reform the Tribcast, you can email us at <laughs> Tribcast at Texas are Doing a good job org. of
0: deforming it ourselves, aren't we?
2: Yeah, we've done a great job in it. Uh, also check back at Texastribune.org every Thursday for a brand new podcast on the twenty sixteen presidential race from a Texas perspective. It's called The Ticket, and it's co-hosted by
3: Yay, the golden voice.
2: <laughs> Jay Root and K U T political reporter Ben Philpot. Uh, we'd like to thank Shiny Ribs for doing our music. And on behalf of Evan, Ross, Jay, and our producer Todd, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas
1: Talking. Texas
2: talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking.
0: I prefer to not reveal the fact that I have no pants.